took care of everything that we need throughout our lifetime, throughout our time here on earth. God had already planned it. He has already purposed it. So guess what? You already have it. So no matter what your situation may look like, no matter what you heard, you know that you have a father who has already done everything that need to be done in your life. He said that he has given you every day your daily bread. So every day that we're in, we live according to that day because God has already set up that day for us. Come on and give him some praise. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Father God, we just want to honor you. We want to thank you, God. We want to lift you up. We want to exalt you, God, because you are God. God, you're the one that sits on the throne, God. So you're the one that need to be exalted, Father God. So God, we will not forget, God, the things that you have already done for us. And that's why, God, we praise you. That's why, God, we lift you up. Because if it was not for you, God, we would not have what we have. So God, we're going to start by saying we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness kindness. God, we just want to say thank you. And God, we thank you for giving your very best, which was your son, Jesus. We thank you for his blood, God, because the blood of Jesus brought us redemption. The blood of Jesus brought us reconciliation. The blood of Jesus brought us sanctification. The blood of Jesus brought us justification. So we thank you that because of the blood, We have everything that we need in you. So, Father, I plead the blood right now in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you on today that your people's hearts are open and receptive to receive this word that's coming forth on today. I bind every principality, every power. I bind every spirit of wickedness in high places right now in the name of Jesus. God, I bind every attack of the enemy that was sent out verbally, physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally in the name of Jesus. Now, God, I lose peace right now in this room. I say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you're our helper, you're our teacher, you're the one that leads us and guides us into all truth. So Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you that I have been, already been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And God, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you today. I thank you that our eyes are being enlightened today. That we may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints. So I thank you for that on today. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe God got a word for the body, amen. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Psalms. And we're going into Psalms 119. And we want to hear what the Lord has to say unto us. And I thank God that your hearts are prepared. They're made ready before you even come into the house of the Lord to hear what God has to say. Amen. Amen. Psalms 119. And I'll be reading verses 1 through verse 3. Psalms 119. The word of God reads, Bless 
the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. I'm going to start again. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. The word of the Lord for today is living by the word. Living by the word. Every time that God give us a word, or every time he give me a word, he always give, um, how can I say, he always back it up with what he's doing. And I thank God for that because it, it lets me know this is what God want for the body of Christ. When he had given me this word, he was taking me through the scripture and, you know, showing me his word and how to live by his word and the people that live by his word. And as I was sitting there last night with my eyes open and I had the television on and I saw this movie. I tell you, God is doing something with these movies when you find godly movies. And I want to encourage some of y'all in here to let you know that when you live by the word of God, no matter what come your way, the word of God will pick you up. The word of God will quicken you. The word of God will bring life unto you. It's reminding me in the book of Ezekiel when there was a valley of dry bones and we know what God was saying. This was Israel and how God was going to raise Israel back up. But he described this as a valley of dry bones. So he had to take Ezekiel in the spirit. And one thing I want you to understand, that if you're not in the spirit, you cannot live by the word of God. So God had to take Ezekiel in the spirit to allow Ezekiel to see what need to be seen. Some of us are so much in the natural, we will not know when God is speaking. We are so much in the natural that we're not seeing what God wants us to see. We only see in natural results and we're going on how we feel. We're going on our emotions. We're going on what other people say because we're putting our trust more in them than we're putting our trust in God. And actually, I can't blame you on that aspect because whomever you have come to believe, that's whom you're going to follow. Whomever you spend more time with, that's home you're going to trust. But I'm here to tell you that when you spend time in this word and the more time you spend in this word, nobody will back you off of what you believe. Nobody will be able to shift you. Why? Because you own a solid rock. And when you own that solid rock and his name is Jesus, no matter what comes your way, you're not going to be moved. You may be shaken, but you're not going to be moved. It's too many in the body of Christ that are being moved by the world, by what the world is saying, by what the world is telling you to do, because you have come so custom, accustomed to the world that when God is speaking, you don't even know that he's speaking because you already made up your mind. In um, Ezra, when God had called Ezra, dealing with um, building back up the house of God, Ezra said, the Bible said he prepared his heart. He prepared his heart. How did he do it? He prepared his heart. He made his heart ready. He got into the word of God and got the word in him before he stood before the people. He had to live by the word of God before he could even present the word. Do anybody hear me? If you're not living by the word of God, you cannot present 
word of God, the way the word need to be presented because you're not living by it. You can say stuff out of your mouth, but your heart got to agree with what you saying. You can't tell somebody something that God is saying and your heart is far from what you saying. That's not living by the word of God. You got to have a surety on the inside of you. You got to have a knowing on the inside of you that God, this is what you said. I see my circumstances, but I'm not going out of what you said. Some of us can't even tell people what God really said because we're in confusion. The Bible says you don't look to your left, you don't look to your right, but you look straight ahead to the author and the finisher of your faith, which is Jesus Christ, and he is the word. So if we ain't looking to him, y'all, even though we're saved, we're still lost. Because we have to live by the word. Just like those dry bones, God took Ezekiel in that valley to show him a valley of dead bones, dry bones. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel knew, God already knew. But God said, Ezekiel, this is what I want you to do so these dry bones will rise up as a nation. See, this is why you got to come up in the house of God. You got to come up in here and be revived. You got to come up in here and be restored. Because some of y'all are dry bones and God want to revive you. He want to let you know, I ain't forgotten about you. He'll send a word. He'll remind you that I'm still with you. So he showed Ezekiel the picture. He showed Ezekiel what was going on with his people. But he said, I need someone, which is you, Ezekiel, which can take my word and live by my word and decree my word so these dry bones can live. So God used Ezekiel. He showed him the valley. He showed him what to do concerning those dry bones. See, some of y'all don't know what to do with the dry bones in your life because you ain't opening the word. You don't want to hear the word. You want to hear what somebody else got to say. You want to go to a prophet that ain't even in the word. When you have the word, it's life in this word. So when he told Ezekiel what to say to those dry bones, as Ezekiel began to say what God told him to say, understand what I'm saying. Ezekiel could only speak what God said speak. Ezekiel couldn't go on what somebody else was saying. He couldn't have God in the midst and another person in the midst. He had to focus on him, on God. And y'all know what happened. Those dry bones, they rised up into a great, mighty army. God is saying, I want my church to rise up to be a great and mighty army. So no matter what come your way, you're not easily moved. It's too many people that's going to this church and that church, going back and forth to different places because you don't like what this one said. And then you get over here, you don't like what this one said. Have you looked at yourself? You can't keep moving based on what you don't like and how you feel. You got to say, God, if that two-edged sword is coming at me, 
You want change in my life. It's time out for foolishness. It's time out for people trying to, how can I put it? Don't like you because what you said according to the word. When you know the word is going to keep you, it's like Jeremiah. The word is like a fire and it's shut up in my bones. See, the word is like a burning fire, like a consuming fire. And you can't keep it on the inside. It's going to come on the outside because that's where you've been. And Christian folks that say they know Jesus, when you talk about him, they rise up. They blow up like blowfish. They're ready to fight you because of truth. And the reason people rise up is because you hit an area in their life that they need to be delivered, that they don't want to succumb to the word. They want to succumb to steal what they're doing. Oh, I'm on fire. Because the body of Christ need to be told. The problem is people don't want to tell nobody nothing because they're trying to keep people. But I ain't here to try to keep people. I'm here to give you what God is saying and then you'll be kept. It ain't me that can keep you. It's the word of God that keeps you. Because we have some coming and some going because they don't want to be kept. But when I find a good church... When I find a place that I'm being healed, delivered, and set free, that's where I want to be planted. Because the Bible said that wherever God plants you, nobody should be able to root you up. Whatever God plants is planted. You cannot tell me you planted in a place and you allow man to take you out of a place that God puts you in. Come on, I'm still talking about living by the word. Because when you live by the word, nobody can uproot what God is planning. Oh, we're going to get to that. Look at your neighbor say, you come up in here at the right time, baby. Getting back to the movie. We're talking about living by the word of God. This movie, when I first saw it, you know how you have some actors that you know they just don't know how to act i'm like y'all you know i know y'all tried to make this movie but i'm getting ready to turn you off it's talking about jesus but the way you act and i'm i'm just it's just boring but it was like don't turn don't turn it so as i watched this this little boy was reared in a home with his mother and father and his his mother was working hard his father was working hard but in between them working they were rearing him up under the word and the mother was sick and she didn't want to take time off work because she knew what the family needed and the father told her don't even go in today I'll work another shift they were working together to be on one accord and the little boy they was teaching him different principles they was telling him the father said now you're going to go with me to mow this lawn and the little boy said I'll go but the person that we mow in the lawn for, they're very mean. And the mother said, don't you say that. Don't you say that. He said, but they are mean. She said, they're mean to you. And you think that they're mean. It's because of the, the way that they do things. But don't you say that they're mean. And the main thing the mother always gave the son, do unto others. As you will have others to do unto you. 
And what she was telling the son was, it don't matter how they do you, but you do unto them like you want to be done unto. I want y'all to catch this. It don't matter what they do unto you. You still do unto them like you want to be done unto. Let me say that again. It don't matter what they do unto you. You do unto them like you want to be done unto. Everybody caught that, right? So this is how this little boy was reared up in his home. And it got to the point, it went to seven years later, the mother had gotten real sick and she fell off the bed and the son coming in helped her on the bed and she told her son, she said, son, she said, I want you to know I love you and I want you to stick by your daddy. Your daddy is going to need your help, son. And he just started crying. She said, hold it. She said, don't cry. She said, I want you to know I love you. But your daddy is going to need your help. And I want you to stick by your daddy. And she reminded him again of the word. He left out the room. And he just cried and screamed because he knew his mom was leaving. Later on, they showed how his dad and him had to move. They had a nice house, but they had to move into this little apartment. When they moved in, they had one couch, had a card table, one of those card tables with two chairs. That's all they had. The son slept on the couch. So as this son was honoring his dad, like his mom said, he went and found him a part-time job. And he worked in this pizza place. And as he was working in the pizza place, cleaning the table, this man come in there. Now, he was a black guy, and this was a white man that come in there. And he looked like he was beat up. And the little boy, the boy went, he was a teenager then, went by him. He said, sir, are you okay? The man just talked junk to him, but he stayed in his place. And he said, can I call some? He said, just give me your phone, give me your phone. I'm going to call a cab. The little boy, not little boy, teenager, gave him a slice of pizza, gave him the phone, pulled $20 out of his pocket. Now, remember, him and his daddy is struggling. Pulled $20 out of his pocket and gave it to the man. And he told the man, the man said, why are you giving this to me? He said, I'm giving it to you because you need it. That night, him and his father went home, shared some bread, shared some meat, and the father gave him his meat. Come on, I want y'all to hear this. The little boy was still treating others like he wanted to be treated. As he got older, his mom told him, you're going to college. He ended up in college. When he got in college, he ended up getting into this program where he can... Um, in the field that he was in, and then they end up hiring him in this high-tech company. And he became so good in this company that money was coming in. And this woman that was in the company saw the potential on him, end up marrying him just for his money. So he ended up spending money on this woman, buying her nice cars, buying her what she wanted, but he was still working, trying to treat her with respect. But she was telling him, you know, we need to do this and we need to do that. His daddy got sick. He was in a nursing home. He told his wife, he said, I'm bringing my daddy to my house so I can take care of him. She said, I'm not taking care of him. I'm not doing nothing for him. He said, but that's my daddy, and he's coming in this house, even if I have to pay for a caregiver. He brought the dad in the house. The wife told the caregiver, shut the door. It's stinking up in here. This is how she treated the dad. She would always leave the home. He didn't know where she was going. Always come back with nice stuff. So one day, his dad ended up dying. But before his dad died, he reminded him of who he was. 
He reminded him of how they raised him and told him, don't you give up. No matter what it looked like, don't you give up. So he ended up dying. Upon him dying, this man working on this job, working hard, working long hours, they're going to tell him that we're demoting you. He said, why are you demoting me? They said, because you wasn't here two weeks. He said, my dad just died. That's why I wasn't here. They said, but the man said, my dad died, and I took a half a day off. You took two weeks, so we're going to demote you. So they demoted him. The area they put him in was under another enemy. He doing all the work. She said it ain't good enough. She ended up firing him. So when he went home to his wife, the wife ended up leaving him, telling him, I can't stay here with you no more because you can't supply for me. Didn't want to get pregnant by him, but got ready to leave and told him. And by the way, I'm pregnant. He said, oh, you are? She said, it's not yours. So she left this man. This man had a big house, had a nice cars and everything. But everything in, he ended up losing. He didn't understand why. So he went out and looked for another job. And the job he looked for, he had to be in a humbling state. He became a stalker. The lady gave him the job, and he would stock stuff in the grocery store. He was good at doing that. And one day, he had to, he had to sleep in his car, y'all. Now, remember, we're talking about living by the word. He would sleep in his car. He got out of his car to go into the bathroom because he was sleeping outside of his job. The cop came and got him, and he said, what are you doing here? He said, I work here. I just went to the restroom. He said, where's your ID? He said, I don't have it on me. They locked him up, put him in jail. He said, call my boss, she'll tell you. The woman said, yes, he worked here. She, he came back to work, told her, I'm so sorry that I couldn't be here on time. She said, you're fired. He lost his job. Next thing that began to happen, he was out just like begging. And as he was laying down on the wall, just looking up, hadn't ate, eaten in two days, didn't have nowhere to go, nowhere to stay. They impounded his car. Couldn't get his car, so he was just out in the open. This little boy come by him, and the little boy that come by him, he went to him and was giving him his sandwich. The woman that was with the little boy told him, you get away from him. Drop the sandwich on the ground, and the little boy, she said, you don't hang around people like this. So this is what happened. Finally, he went to the church. And as he was in the church, he was reminiscing back to his childhood and how they taught him and how they were giving him the word of God. This elderly woman in the church come up to him and said, do you have anywhere to go? He said, I don't have nowhere to go. She said, come to my house. She took him to her house. She fed him, gave him a change of clothes, which was one of her shirts. That's all she had. Daughter come in the house and told her, you got to get him out of this house. You know nothing about him. She said, I know he needs somewhere to stay. And I told him this is his home. He can stay as long as he like. So he ended up staying with them. He ended up doing little ends and odd jobs. Him and the daughter ended up becoming friends. She found him another job to pay more, which was landscaping. This guy never done that. But he put his heart to it because that's where his heart was. When he began to do landscaping at this big home, they had a butler there. They had maids there. The butler gave him a hard time. He said, don't address the man that stay here by his name. You addressed him by Mr. So-and-so. So one day, the, the guy was sitting on the porch. The man come out, and he sat down with him, and they began to talk. He said, don't call me that. Call me by my name. They were having long conversations. As they were having long conversations, the butler was getting mad. 
He called him in there and he said, what did I tell you? You're fired. He fired the man for sitting down with the boss that was over both of them and he let him go. So he went back to the home and he cried out to God. He said, God, I don't understand. I have done nothing wrong. Only thing I have done was follow you. Only thing I have done is followed your word and look at the situation I'm in now. I have no job, God. What's going on with me? What's happening with me? Everything is getting taken. As soon as I get it, it's getting taken. What's going on with me? The girl come in there because the woman that helped him, she died. So the daughter come in there and she said, what's wrong with you? And he began to talk. The phone rung. And guess what happened? The man that fired him told him, I want to see you the next day. He didn't know what was going on. The next day, the, the driver of this very rich man come to pick him up in a limo. And he said, why are you picking me up? He said, and I want you to put on this suit. So he said, go change. He put on the suit. He said, he want to he wanna talk to you about something. So anyway, they took him to this company. And he said, well, I'm at, I'm at this company. He said, meet him on the 11th floor. He got up there on the 11th floor, and he said, I'm going to tell you why you're here. He said, wait a minute, because he put in an application there years ago, and he was trying to get through the door. He said, uh-uh, don't you say nothing. They had another man to come out, and this man was in a wheelchair. He said, you don't understand. He said, I met this little boy, this young teenager, when my car broke down and I started running and I had, um, I had fell on a rock and I was very distraught and upset. But when I met this young man, this young man, he gave me a piece of pizza. He gave me $20 to get in a cab. He said, let me see your hand. Now, this is how God does it. He had a um, birthmark on his hand. And he asked him, what did that birthmark mean? He said, my mama told me it is God's angel watching over me. That's what he told the man that day. He said, let me see your hand. He said, you're the one. So then he left that man and he went with the man's son that he was working for in landscaping. And he said, I know you're still wondering what's going on. He said, my daddy had one whoosh. And that one wish was, you just met my daddy, is to find the young man that helped him when nobody else would help him, who gave him his last when nobody else would give it to him, and you're the man. He said, so this is what we're going to do. Remember the company in the beginning that fired him, that let him go for no reason, gave him a hard time. He said, this is what we did. We have merged with that company. We own the company. You going back in this company, over that company, and whatever you say go, and we're going to name the company after you. The guy sat there and he said, what? He said, just tell me, are you accepting this? He said, okay, you accepting it. He got on the phone. He told him we have somebody for this company. He said, that's not all. He said, my dad left a box for you. He want to give you something. He opened the box. In the box was a letter, and the letter was telling him, here is your new home. So the son said, he said, is this for real, a new home? The son looked at it. He said, oh, this is what's happening. He throwing me out of the mansion and giving you the mansion. And the son started laughing. He said, because this is what my daddy want. This man end up with the mansion 
that the butler who fired him, y'all better hear what I'm saying by living by the word. The butler who fired him, he was over the butler. So him and the girl end up getting married. Long story short, when he pulled up at the house, the butler didn't know it was him because he fired him. When he saw his face, he took off running. And he went in the corner and he began to hide. He found him and he looked at him and he put his arm around him. He said, no. He said, you're not going nowhere. He said, you're not going to be fired. He said, but there's one thing I asked of you while you work here. He said, what is it? He said, I ask that you treat others the way that you want to be treated. And this man ended up working for this man. He ended up with a mansion. And I'm going to tell you, this is the more of the story, living by the word of God. And as he was living by the word, him and his wife, new wife, got married. She ended up being pregnant with triplets. That same day, he went to talk to another man that was in the same room he was in to encourage him he could make it. Soon as he walked in the room, the man said, what are you doing here? You ain't, you ain't never lived on the street. You ain't never lost your job. You ain't never lost your wife. You ain't never lost nothing. Why are you standing up here in front of me? He said, I was in the same room you were in and done been through the same thing you've been in, and I want to help you. Guess what? He ended up bringing him in the mansion. He was getting hired to do landscaping. Come to find out he was the one that they wanted as a chef. He ended up being the chef. The man's wife ended up going in labor. The doctor told this man, your wife might not make it. Your triplets might not make it because she lost a lot of blood. This man began to cry. Here it is again. But what he did, he sat there and the woman began to encourage him and say, you got to stand. You got to stand on God's word. The doctor come out and said, we got your wife stable, but the triplets got to go into surgery and we don't know if they're going to make it. So he stood up when the doctor walked off. He said, they're not going to die. They're going to live. And the doctor couldn't say nothing. The doctor went home and told his wife, which was a doctor. She said, I heard something today. And what I heard was something I never heard before. He said, the voice I heard that come out of this man wasn't his voice. He said, the voice I heard to come out of this man was a different voice. And I couldn't respond to that voice. He said, I've been um, a doctor for many years. He said, but when I heard this voice, he went back to the hospital. They told him the wife was doing fine. He come to the man and said, I'm going to stand with you. When it comes to your children, I'm going to stand and I'm going to believe God with you. Because he told the man, they will live and not die because you ain't God. That's what he told him. How about this? They lived. What am I saying? What am I saying? Church, we're missing it. You putting other things before you put the word. You're trying to figure out something that's already been worked out over 2,000 years ago. Everything that we're trying to figure out, I'm here to tell you, it's already written in this word. And this word cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. The problem with us today, we got our mind on natural means instead of putting our minds and hearts on supernatural. The supernatural 
It overthrows the natural. But if you're not living by the supernatural, then you're going to live naturally. And people are not going to see the supernatural and the enemy knows this. This is why I want to tell you this. Trouble will come. And it comes in all different forms. It comes in all different sizes. It comes to all different kind of people. But that's why you need a word. Before trouble come, God will give you a word for you to stand on while you're in the midst of trouble and you're telling trouble what God said. Not on how you feel, not on what it looked like, not on what people have said, but you saying this is what God said. We got too many Christians that say they're part of the kingdom, but they're living apart from the kingdom. And this is what we do. We succumb to the world and we succumb to God. You can't succumb to both. The Bible says you cannot have two masters. You have to choose this day whom you're going to serve. That's what Joshua said. He said you can either serve the Amorites. You can even, uh, but I'm going to serve as for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord. He already purposed in his heart whom he was going to serve. We don't side with different ones. We side with the word of God. So this is why we have to live by the word of God. Once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't live by the world's standards. You don't live by what the world do. You live by the kingdom. We are kingdom people. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. That means his way of doing things and all of these things will be added unto you. These things won't be added until you seek first. Seek first. That should be the first thing you seek is God's way. God, this is what they say. But God, I need to hear what you say. You cannot hear him if you are not in the place to hear him. Man can tell you something so sweet. And it sounds so good. But man only telling you what they know. They're giving you their wisdom. They're giving you their insight. And we tap into what they're saying. But you got to say, I hear what you're saying. But I got to hear what my master said. I done heard from you, but now I got to hear from him and he has the final say. But we don't even give God the opportunity. That's why the Bible said those that wait on the Lord, then they shall renew. But if you ain't waiting, you can't renew. Renew me to make new. Y'all, I'm telling you, we're living in a time today that if you don't hear what the word is saying, you will die in your mess. And the church is dying. The church needs to be revived. Not only with coming in here on Tuesdays and Sundays, which some people don't do, but it has to be an everyday revival, not showing up because churches are having a three-day revival. Most of those revivals is to get your money. Revival means that I need to be revived to my original state. I have stepped out of who I am and I need to come back to who I am in him. That's what revival is. People 
And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall. Set, you know what? Some people like the song freedom. Freedom. And somebody can barely lift your hands and clap them. I'm going to clap my hands like. Huh? Huh? Did y'all get that? You may start out. Freedom. Freedom. And the more you learn about how free you are, hold them hands. Oh, Jesus. You just clapping just as loud as And I'm going to shout. See, the, the, the more you know about him, you can clap harder. You can shout harder. You can dance more because you know about him. You got people in church doing like this. Don't want to shout because you're afraid somebody will tell you to be quiet. See, we got a problem in the house of God. And the problem that we have is not living by the word of God. People say that they're living by the word of God. But when finances ain't right, how you living? When your body ain't feeling right, how you living? When friends turn away from you, how you living? When children disrespecting you, how you living? When you feel like you don't want to be here no more, how are you living? Because that's not how we're supposed to live. We live according to the word of God, by the word of God. You can't do it, not less you in the word of God. You cannot be going back and forth because of what somebody said to you. Get back in the same place. Because when you're living by the word of God, that stuff don't bother you like it bothered you before. You can go head on about your father's business. If Jesus wasted his times with the Pharisees and Sadducees, I don't think people be healed, delivered, and set free. I don't think the demons would have been cast out. But he knew what the word of God was saying. He was on a mission to do what the word of God was saying. And he was living by what the word of God was saying. So it didn't matter what they said. He gave them correction. And he went on about his father's business. Our problem is, I want to keep a friend. The Bible says you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. His name is Jesus. He will never leave you alone. He will never leave you by yourself. Why? Because he already been through what you're going through. He said, be of a good cheer. This is the word. Because I have overcome the world. This is your victory that overcomes the world. It is your faith. And you, your faith is elevated when you hear the word of God. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. If you're not living by faith, it's because you're not hearing what the word of God is saying. When you hear it, you begin to do it. And you don't stray from that. Because that has become a part of you. It's not, we got actors in the church. We got people trying to act out the word. But they ain't living the word. Come on, I can be an actor in a play. But if I act that way for so long, it becomes a part of me, but it's just an act. Y'all don't watch as the stomach turns. Days of our lives, it becomes so much a part of you. 20 years later, you can still know what's going on. Because you ain't emptied out 
and put nothing else back in. You're waiting on these people to transform your life. You're waiting on these people to show you how to live with your husband or live with your wife. Fixing romantic dinners and don't even know how to cook. Because you're watching all of this instead of going into the word of God and for the word to tell you how to live. This is what I want you to do. The person that's sitting next to you, say, I ain't playing, wake up. Say, wake up. See, this is the problem. We'll fall asleep on the word. If you got to stand up and hear this word, just stand up and hear it. Stand up and hear it. The enemy don't want you to hear truth. Because he don't want you to live by truth. Because the Bible say, sanctify them in truth. You are set apart in truth. He said, thy word is truth. He's telling you what sanctify you. What sets you apart. It is truth. And the enemy don't want you to have truth. In this first verse, it said, bless. I want y'all to catch this. Bless are the undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord. Bless means happy, fortunate, to be envied. Don't you know how blessed you are? How fortunate you are? How envied you are? Because you're walking in the way of the Lord. Because you are pure. Because you are upright. Don't you know you're blessed? I don't even think we realize that. The Bible is telling you that you are blessed. You are happy. When you're blessed, you should be happy. Some of us are already blessed and we ain't happy because our bank account ain't making us happy. But the Bible said you are blessed. So if the word said that I'm blessed, it don't matter what my bank account say. I am blessed. I am happy. I am fortunate. And I'm going to be envied because who I am in him. Come on, get in the word. People ain't going to like you because you're blessed. People ain't going to like you because you're happy. Even when it looks like things are tore up around you, you're still giving God glory. You are blessed. You are happy. You are fortunate. You are envy. Why? Because you are pure. You are undefiled. That means that you are pure. You are upright and you're walking in the way of the Lord. You're keeping the course of life. The way God wants you to keep it. You are on a journey. You are on a path. And your focus is so much on the way he do things. That's why you're so blessed. If you're not happy, if you're not living a blessed life, it's not because God didn't give it to you. It is because you choosing the way of the world. The way of the world says, if you don't have this, you're nothing. The way of the world says, if you don't have an education, you can get nothing. But I beg you to differ. It's people that didn't have an education, and they're still blessed. They're still fortunate. They're envied by many. They're billionaires. They're millionaires. Why? Because it wasn't for them. It was for God. God had that plan and the purpose for their lives. So you got to see yourself blessed. You got to see yourself fortunate. You got to see yourself envy because of who you are. Quit looking at your circumstances and allowing your circumstances to determine who you are. You are a new creation in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And when you know this, you are blessed. Come on, on that scripture, you should be giving God glory to say, God, I am a new creation. In you, not in me. In you, I live. In you, I move. In you, I have my 
being. My joy don't come from me. It comes from you. That's why we're blessed. The Bible says we're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. That means my spiritual blessings have come through Christ Jesus. They have come through heavenly places. Guess what? We're looking for something to happen down here, and it has already happened. You have to accept what's happened up there to bring it down here. We're waiting on God to do something, and he's already done it. When we live by our word, we don't live by our circumstances, our money. We don't live by how we feel, y'all. We're living outside of who we are. And if you don't know who you are, you're going to still live like the world living. You're going to still try to get what the world has when you have to stand still and learn to wait on the Lord because the Lord want to get you in a place where you don't backtrack. And some of us are backtracking because we're hearing God, but then we go tell somebody that don't know about God, and then they say you should do this, and then you're leaving off what God told you to do, and it ain't working in your life. So that first verse, you got to catch the verse where it says, the first verse, that you are blessed. You are blessed because you are upright. You are blessed because you are walking in the ways of the Lord. You're doing things his way. And then it said, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. You are blessed. You are happy. You are fortunate. You are envied. Why? Because you keep his testimonies. Keeping his testimonies being that you're sitting there, you're watching. You're guarding over that word. You're keeping that word in the midst of your heart. See, that's what we got to do. When God gives you a word, Tyson, you got to guard that word. You got to watch over that word because if you do, you're blessed. You're happy. You're fortunate. You're to be envied because you're guarding the word. You're guarding the seed. And the Bible says that we're not born of um, corruptible seed. The corruptible seed is what decay is what die. But we're born again of incorruptible seed. It will never die. It lives forever. So you got to understand when you got the word of God, it is living forever. You got to guard that. You got to watch over what lives forever. You can't allow it to be taken from you. Let me say it again. You are born again, not of corruptible seed that dies, that decays. But you're born again of incorruptible seed that don't die. It don't decay. It lives forever. The Bible said the grass withered. That means the grass, what? It dries up. It said the flower fadeth. But then it reminds you the word of God endures forever. Y'all know what forever mean? Forever. It's going to endure. It's going to last. It's going to remain Oh, y'all better. I'm just teaching myself happy. It's going to live and remain forever. Anything that's going to remain forever, that's what I want to stand on. Because it ain't going to leave. It's going to remain. The Bible say heaven and earth is going to pass. But the word is going to stand. For I want y'all to catch this. We're trying to live according to something else that's going to pass away. But when you live according to the word, it don't die. It lives forever. I'm 
want to plant a seed in me that's forever alive. They never die. That when I need that seed to come out of me, it begins to quicken my very being. It begins to bring life to my very being. When my bank account don't look right, and I begin to say, the Lord is my shepherd. See, I got a seed that's living in the midst of life. Oh, y'all don't hear me. But what do we do? We begin to put worry on top of it. And when you begin to worry, you see yourself failing. You see yourself without. And you are rooting life. The Bible said the enemy comes to steal. He comes to kill. And he comes to destroy. But he said, I have come. The seed. The word. Oh, y'all don't get it. Jesus, the word became flesh. So we could live. And the word showed us how to live here on earth with every given situation. Because it's written. We got to go by, y'all, what's written. The reason why you can't take what's written, because you done corrupted yourself with what ain't written. If it ain't in the word, you cast it down. You don't give thought to it. You don't succumb to it. Come on, put the messages together. You getting the word up in here. What are you doing with it? It's, it's, it's good to come in here every Sunday in fellowship, but I want to come in a place that my ears are open from the beginning to the end, from Sunday school to Judah to the time that I come up or whoever come up, I want to succumb to the word. I want to be ready for the word. I want to leave everything else out. Why do you think God give you an opportunity? Sunday school, he said, open up your heart. During Judah, open up your heart. Down, here come the end of it. Come on, your heart should be wide open. Because whatever you miss in Sunday school, whatever you miss with Judah, God will send it back. Oh, God love you so much. So he's telling us the only way we're going to make it here on earth is living according to the word. And the only way you can live according to the word is to go into the word. Y'all, this is your spiritual food. Some of y'all are dying because you're not going into what's written. You're hearing false prophets and false teachers that's not in it themselves. What they do, they try to find something to hype the crowd. They try to find something to stir up your emotions. I'm here to tell you, when your emotions go down, what are you living off of? Because if you're living on your emotion, you dying daily to your emotions. But if you're living according to the word of God, you are living through how you feel. Because you can't go on how you feel. If I went on how I feel, I wouldn't be in here today. I have to go on what God said. When God say, trust me, God, I trust you. When God say, you got more than enough, God, I got more than enough. When God say, you're healed, God, I am the heal. Because that's what your word says. And it endures. It don't change. It's no corruption in it. It's a good seed. It don't decay. It's from everlasting to everlasting. No matter where you go, it endures. It don't change. When we go back to 
Oh, y'all, I love this word. I was getting into it so last night I had to pull myself back. I had to really shut myself down. I said, oh, oh, I'm, I'm getting too much up in here. They might be in here all day long. See, apostle, no one say that's all right. See, she's the only one that said it loudly. That's all right. Some of y'all sitting back. And, and it's what time now? And man, and he just smiling like, uh-huh, go on, go on, go on. I'm following you. Go on, go on. I don't know about y'all, but I can sit under the word and sit under the word and sit under the word because I'm getting so full of it. And the more full of it, the more blessed, the more happy, the more envied you are. I know why people don't like me. Glory. I give God glory for people not liking me. I give God glory for people saying she thinks she too holy. Glory. Come on. I give God glory when people say she taking our money. You ain't giving no money for nobody to take. Glory. I give God glory for people saying they paying my bills. Glory. Keep paying them. Hallelujah. 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 That's the angel singing. Listen at this in First Peter. We're going into the second chapter. Y'all, I like this. Remember we talked about, but the word of God endures forever. And it says, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. But guess what we got to do for this word to, to endure in our lives? It's not going to change. Wherefore, laying aside all malice to put off, to put away. That's what it means. Laying aside all malice. And all guile and hypocrisies and envious and all evil speaking. Who got to do this? We got to do it. But I like this part. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. You got to have a desire. You got to have a longing. You got to have a craving for this word. And, and he used the baby because y'all know babies. If you don't get them that bottle, they just cry and cry. Because they got a longing. Calvin, they got a craving. They want the milk. They say, bring it on, bring it on. Where's my bottle? Why, 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 why? And you holler, where's that bottle? Because they have a craving. They have a longing. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to have that craving and that longing for the word of God. And we're supposed to desire it. And then it says, sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. The church is not growing. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. The church is not growing because you lost your desire. You lost your craving for the word. You got cravings for other things. You got cravings for more money. You got cravings for more lust and things that you shouldn't be lusting after. You putting things before you put God. That's why you don't have a desire or craving. You're looking at what you got to do on your job, what you got to do for your husband, what you got to do for your wife, what you got to do for your children, and what you got to do for yourself. What you got to do has taken more first place in your life than a longing and a desire for the word. And once you get through with everybody else, God, you understand, and you go to sleep. But you're telling everybody, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have 
have what I have. Come on, that's sort of a lie. Because if God was really in the picture, he will be before what you have. You will be in the word more than you trying to get more money off of a job. You'll be working this. You'll be working at morning, noon, and night, and every opportunity that you get on your breaks, you'll be in it. When you go to the toilet, you have the Bible open where you look over there. Because you have a longing, you have a craving, you have a desire for this word, and you don't want to miss this word. But we're putting everything else before the word. And then when that fails, now we, oh God. Why wouldn't you, oh God, I need you right now. God, I long for your word. Help me, Lord, so I can have a zeal, a desire for your word. God, I'm losing touch with you. God, I don't feel the way I used to feel when it comes to, let's just be honest. The word's supposed to light you up. Only thing some people are being lit up by is Facebook. The longing and desire for Facebook is more than the longing and desire for God and his word. You know why? Because that's man's way. Man, Satan is using Facebook to take Christian people out of the will and the way of God. Because everybody want to know what everybody else is doing. Come on, go into the word of God. And if God wants you to know somebody's business, he'll let you know their business. You don't have to do a search. Well, let me see what this one is doing. Let me see what this one is up to. Let me see. Facebook will let you see. Yeah. But when we live according to the word of God, it's first and foremost in our lives. Have y'all read in the word of God with how these men and women of God took the word that God gave them and gave it to the people exactly how God said it? So Elijah told him it wasn't going to be no rain according to his word. It was his word because God gave it to him. God gave him the word. He spoke the word and it was no rain because he was living by the word. Come on, Abraham had to live by the word. God told him to leave. That was a word from God. He didn't know where he was going. He was going on God's word. He was living by God's word. Abraham built himself altars to be before the Lord so he can hear what God is saying. Abraham didn't look like he was going to have a child. And God was encouraging him by the word. Waited till he got 100 years old. And here come Isaac. It was according to the word. He lived by the word. He was fully persuaded by the word. I'm not going on what my body can't do, what Sarah's body can't do. I know what it can't do, but I know what God's word said it will do. So I'm going to live according to the word. People will wear you out. They want you to pray for. But they don't want to seek God for themselves. It got to come a time in your life. Well, you turn off the phone. You turn other people off. Let me correct that because I'm, the Holy Spirit is checking me to bring correction because offense have come in the house. Yes, we pray for each other. But it comes a time that if people are depending more on you than they're depending on him for themselves, you got to cut them off and direct them to the word. 
about this. You can't even, okay, what, what, what we praying about? What you standing on? Well, well, nothing. I can't agree with you and you ain't agreeing with the word. The Bible said when two or three come together, then I'm in the midst of them. How you coming to me and telling me to agree with you when you ain't even got a word from the Lord? You know why people let people come to them like that? They feel important. Use important. What does that say? You kind. What is it? Y'all know what they say. Say it loud. Nobody don't know now. <laughs> Only thing I'm saying is, you got to be in a place with God. Y'all, ooh, I'm grieved. I'm going to tell you why I'm grieved, because the Holy Spirit is grieved. You can put all the time you want in a project and say you're doing it for God. But if you ain't in this word of God and being directed by God, once that project is over, you're going back to the same mess that you didn't deal with before you done what you done. We got so many people helping out in church without the living word of God. We got so many people always volunteering for something, but the heart ain't right with God. And when your heart ain't right with God, you waiting on me, you waiting on somebody else to pat you on the back and say, good job. I like what you did. I like how you did it. And if you don't hear good job, now you don't like me and ain't doing nothing else. Get in the word. That's church folk. Want to be seen, heard, and attached to. And then want to do a little to say, my hands had something to do with it. Only thing your hands did was take out the trash and leave. Oh, that made you feel good. When you in the word, nobody has to tell you to do nothing. See, the way that I was raised, yo, thank you, Jesus. The way that I was reared... Yes, it was in the word, but they didn't have to tell us to get up, clean up something, get up, make up your bed. Because once they taught me those principles, I know that soon as my feet hit the floor, I can hear. You better make up that bed. And I got this from old Aunt Shirley over here. Got this one good, y'all. You sitting down, got your cup drinking. You set it down. Where it go? She done took it, done washed it. That's the end of it. You ain't getting nothing else. Oh, were you still? You know we were using that. That's how she was read, making sure everything was in order. So I grew up like that. My husband, he said, if you put it down there and it's gone, it's because Amanda done took it. Because I'm saying it's time to clean up. You've been sitting there long enough. Let's clean it up. So however you reared, nobody have to tell you how to live, folk. People know if you nasty. Because if you get up and leave stuff like it is and always do it, that's who you are. Nobody don't have to call you nasty. You already, nope, no, you don't know. Because that's your way of living. You think it's clean. That's just downright nasty. Don't flush the toilet, pee all over the floor, walk out, and don't even wash your hands. Nasty. And you know who I fought for this too? The parents. Because the parent will go in there, let them pee on the floor. Let them be nasty. Oh, look what that boy done. Let me just clean it up. You cleaning up their mess. 
Because you don't want them to look bad. But you looking bad cleaning up their mess. What you do? Say, come here. Come here right now. What that look like? I don't see nothing wrong, mama. Look, I'll tell you what you do. I want you to stand there for a while. Don't you come out until you come out with what's wrong. That's not the way you were taught. They come out. Oh, mama, you talking about the little pee on the floor? And that? Yes, son. Um, you know where the cleaning supplies is? Yes, ma'am, go clean it up. Oh, I'm, I'm going somewhere. Parents, you cleaning up too much mess. You cleaning it up to make them look good. And when they get married, it's on and popping. Because a woman that know how stuff's supposed to be, that's going to be the downfall in that marriage. You nasty rascal. Y'all know, then your feelings get hurt. Ain't that right? Amen. Then they're calling home. Mama, my wife called me a nasty rascal. Am I nasty? Baby, now you know you ain't nasty. I ain't even raised you to be nasty. Because you cleaned up their mess. We're cleaning up too many kids' mess to make them look good. When they go out there in the world, they're talked about, they're ridiculed, they're going through things they didn't have to go through because we cleaned it up. Don't let nobody tell you something about your child. That ain't my child. That's not true. You better get to know that child and say, you know what? Uh-huh. They ain't telling nothing but the truth on your behind. I done lived with you all these years. I know your dirty ways. I know that's you. That's why you need to live according to the word so you won't look like an idiot when you sitting before them trying to build up your children. This is living by the word. Come on. And then got children running your house. Because you always let them run your house. Let them tell you, you keeping my kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is what I say. Baby, who went through labor with them kids? You know I went through it, mama. I don't want to have them babies. Okay, you had them, you went through labor with them, you're going to be the one that keep them. You don't tell me what I'm going to do. I done put my time in with you. How old are you? My time is over. You don't give me no ultimatums. You decide to lay there, you and that man, and have that young'un, so you keep that young'un. Why you ain't in the word and asking God to supply somebody to keep it before you had them? Oh, somebody mad up in here. Now you want to put them at my door and get mad when I can't keep them. I'm supposed to change my schedule. My schedule going to stay the same, Miss Julia. Now when I get through doing what I'm doing, I give you a call. Might not be today. This is my life. Live by the word. Some of y'all need to apologize to your parents. For you going out there doing stuff and expect them to raise your kids like they raised you. It's okay for us to help you out. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my grandbabies. But my son called me and said, Mama, what you doing? I said, you know what I'm doing. He said, you in your word? Yes, ma'am. Well, I see you ain't getting the girls today. You said it. Well, Mama, do you know when you can't get them? No, baby. But I tell you what, I got to go to the store. I drop off over there. Did my son get offended? No. 
Because that's how I raised it. When you planted the seed, we had to talk about that seed. You ain't dropping that seed off here. People think I'm wrong. You know why you think I'm wrong? Because you ain't living according to the word. When you live according to the word, you can agree with the word. You ain't agreeing with me because this is what you want to do. Oh, y'all. Living according to the word. My daddy know. My first child, guess what? I took him to daycare. Me and my husband handled that first child. My second child, which is my daughter, i never forget I was going to work, but I made sure I didn't drop my child off at my daddy's house because I could because Eileen said yes. No, I didn't. If I had something important to do, I would ask. And if she was busy, I did what I needed to do. But I remember when God took me off my job, I didn't just throw my child anyway, anywhere. I took that child with me everywhere that I went. Me and my husband really didn't have vacations. We really didn't have things we wanted to do because that was our children. And my daddy was at an age retiring. He there with his wife. Why I want to put kids on him when he's at an age of being free? I wouldn't even ask this. I was, I was just embarrassed to say, Daddy, can you go pick so-and-so up from school? Didn't want to bother him with picking them up. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because he was free. When you live by the word, you have compassion on other people, and you don't turn the tables like this is what somebody's supposed to do for me because they're my mama, my grandmother, because they're my daddy. You're supposed to do They ain't supposed to do nothing. You spoke them your grandkids, but them your kids. You hear what that say? Grand kids, them your kids. So you keep them kids. And people look at you. See, people think that me and my husband don't do nothing all day. So they'll be wondering, why you don't have the kids and the baby in daycare? That's why they got daycare. Because I'm on a mission for the Lord. And if they can't find no help, God touches my heart and say, I'll do this right here. And I'm going to lay hands on them so they can go back to day care. I had to straighten that up for somebody in this room. We're going to live by this word. And when you live by this word, you are blessed. You are fortunate. And you are to be envied. And that next verse tells you that you are blessed. And another reason why you're blessed, you're walking in his ways. You're seeking the Lord with your whole heart. That's what keeps you blessed. So as you continue to seek him, inquire of him, wanting to do things his way, you continually walk in blessings. You are happy. And then I'm going to leave this with y'all. Y'all have got so much, but I got to leave this with you. Go with me to... Matthew 4, those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are sons. Amen. I'm a son. Hallelujah. Listen to this right here. I want y'all to catch this in Matthew 4. We're going to begin at verse 1. 
Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness. Now, look, this is meaning that the spirit of God was with Jesus when he went into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit was there with him to help him as he went into the wilderness. I want y'all to catch this. Whatever place that you're in, the Holy Spirit is there with you. The wilderness here means a desolate place, a lonely place, a place that is uninhabited. It's solitary. There's nothing there, y'all. It's a lonely place. That's where Jesus was. But even though he was in the place, the spirit of the Lord was there with him to comfort. Y'all don't get it. To comfort him, to strengthen him, to help him to do whatever needed to be done in that place. You may be in a wilderness. You may be in a lonely place. You may be in a place that it feel like I'm by myself. Nobody don't understand. But as long as the spirit of the living God is with you, he's going to comfort you. He's going to give you what you need so you won't feel lonely no more. So you won't feel empty. He's going to fill you up with him. So this is what happened with Jesus in that place. The spirit was with him because he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry, y'all. And as he got hungry, guess what? How many get weak when you're hungry? You get weak, feel like you can't go another further, right? If I could just have a French fry, you got a peppermint, you got some. So Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights had nothing to eat. And that's when the enemy come. The enemy come when you're in a lonely place. He come when you're in a wilderness. He come when there's no money nowhere. You can't get no money from nobody. You done barred out. So you're just in a lonely place. He comes when your body is aching, when you're feeling like you at death door. That's when he's going to come. But this is what he did. He's coming to change the way you're living according to the word. He's coming to tempt. He's coming to entice you to sin. The Bible said that he was tempting Jesus in the wilderness. He tempts you in your lonely place. He tempts you in the area of your life where you're weak. So as he was doing this, he said, if you're hungry, he knew that man was hungry. He know if ands or buts about it. If you're hungry, turn these stones into bread. I like what Jesus said. Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What is he saying? You need physical food, but you can't live off of physical food. You got to live according to the word of God because you are a spiritual being. And if you are a spiritual being, it takes the word of God for you to live here on this earth. You cannot live on this earth without the word. So that's why you got to go in the word. You got to go into what's written. He gave him every temptation he could, but Jesus came back with the word because that's how he lived. We are bowing down to the world because we're succumbing to the world and not to the kingdom. So we have to live, y'all, according to this word. And if we do, we will see what God has for us. Because we won't look at what nobody else has. We won't look at what we don't have. We'll just look at what the kingdom has. That's what Jesus did. 
every situation, he lived by the word of God and people saw the kingdom. And guess what? When we live by the word of God, the power of God through the Holy Spirit is released. Guess what? The worlds were not framed without the word of God. He created the worlds by the word of God. So if we want this, these things here on earth to do what God want them to do, it have to be by the word of God. He's upholding everything by the word of God. Everything exists by the word of God. So if you're not speaking the word of, of God over what's existing, that's why it's dying. Because it's supposed to live according to the word. Your body have to live according to the word. I don't care what man tell you to do. It lives according to the word. And when you keep speaking the word to your body, that's the medicine. Okay. Got to prove that one. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. Verse 20, my son, pay attention to my words, incline thine ear unto my saying, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Listen at this, for they are life unto those that find them. The only one that get life from it is those that find them. And if you ain't in your word to find them, you ain't getting no life. And they're help to all your flesh, they're medicine. The word of God is medicine to your flesh. When you ain't got no money in your pocket, the word of God is medicine to you. And you got to take the word of God and live by it. Are you not going to have money sometime? Yes. Are you going to go through in your body sometime? Yes. But you live according to what the word is saying and not according to how you feel. It's time for you to wake up and get into this word. Take time before you go to work and wake up. If it ain't number five minutes, open the word to hear what God got to say. We wake up in just enough time to get to work. I went to bed late, but you were watching something when you went. You got to shut off things that's taking you from the word of God. And you got to apply this word to your life. Y'all are in a teaching church. That teach you according to the word. You should have enough now to say, God, I'm going to go back and refer to this word. I met someone yesterday at the funeral when we was at the repast and I was getting ready to leave. And they called me back and they said, I want to tell you something. Someone in your church gave me one of your teachings. And they said all the way home, I believe they had to drive five hours. They said all the way home, I heard your teaching. And that teaching done something to me. I'm telling you, the word will change your life. The word will bring life to you. It will quicken you. The enemy don't want you to have life. If you want to change things in your life, get in the word. Quit assuming. Let the word tell you about you. Search me, Lord. If there's any evil thing within me, reveal it to me. Once he reveal it, you got to wash it with the word. If he revealing that you a gossiper, go to the scripture that said, tell bearers reveal secrets. If he tell you that you a liar, the Bible say liars won't go into the kingdom. See what the word say about you. 
Change it. You change it through the word. We are so succumb to society. Yo, people are missing church for many, many reasons. They're missing church because they say, I work six days a week, I'm going to have one day of rest. They're missing church because it's a game on TV that I need to watch. They're missing church because my kids is in all around sports. I got to be there. They're missing church because I can't get no time. It's every excuse for missing God. But God didn't miss you. When you really want God and you made up your mind, you won't put him on the back burner. You will put him first. And when you put him first, you won't be overworked. You won't be tired. And I'm going to use apostle for an example. For three years, going on four years, this woman come two hours every Sunday to hear the word of God. Her saying is, a church alive is worth the drive. And her saying is, she said, don't even bother me because this is what I want. So I enjoy doing what I do. You got people five minutes away and won't come because this is what they want. They don't, see, when you want God, it don't matter how far you got to go to hear good news. Y'all, it's a shame. How can you witness God when you ain't even here to hear from God? When you're not even being taught. We make excuses. I had, I had to do this or do that. But when you put God first, God will put your priorities in order. God will change man's heart. God will say, I am first. That very same woman refused to work on Sunday. And God showed her how to handle not working on Sunday. And since she's been working, she don't work on Sunday. Why? Because her heart is in the God. And God turned people's hearts towards her. Because she said, I know where I need to be on Sunday. I know what I need. When you know what you need, you will turn down world's way and you will turn to God's way and it always work. So how I live according to the word of God, I just gave it to you, my son. Pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart when you pay attention to his word no matter what comes your way that's how you're going to live according to his word and do i expect or you expect this to happen overnight no i'm gonna tell you why some of y'all got walls built up of things that you've been succumbing to. And those walls are so thick. Y'all know those cranes that when they're tearing down buildings, they hit it and it's still standing. They come back and they hit it and it's still standing. You can see stuff just coming down, but they still it's still standing. It's still holding on. They have to keep hitting and hitting. That's what you got to do when it comes to the word. Whatever area you're dealing with in your life, you're going to have to take that word and you're going to have to keep saying that word and saying that word and applying that word and sooner or later the wall will fall. But if you're not 
willing to hit that wall and to give up. What you holding on to, it ain't going to work. Quit saying it with your mouth. Some of us don't want to give up things in our lives. We don't want to give up family for one. We want to hold on to family. I love my family with all my heart. But if my husband is out of the will of God and he ain't lining up with what God is lining up with, it ain't going to stop me. Because I know who's first. I know who's first. God is first. And my husband know when God says something to me, I'm standing on what God said. If that's what you choose to do, you do it. But understand this, a house divided will fall. Because if I'm in one frame of mind and he's in another, then he is pulling against me. He's allowing the enemy to come against me or it might be vice versa. So that means we can't get ahead. That's why I got to seek the Lord with my whole heart and say, God, you're going to have to work with me so I can be an example for my husband so we can come together in this house. You got to be in, both of you got to be in the word of God. You got to be in a place to know that God is God. And besides him, there is no other y'all. Get in your word. Meditate on your word day and night. Observe to do what the word is telling you. That's when you have success. That's when you're blessed. That's when you're happy. That's when you're envy. Quit telling people stuff that you ain't doing yourself. Quit. You're not in that situation. It's easy to tell them. He don't work it out. You this and you that. But as soon as it come to your house. That's why you got to get in the word before it get there. Because all of us go through different things, different levels. You have to say, God, am I in the right place to tell this person this? Can I hold strong to what I'm telling them? Can I live by what I'm telling them? If you hear the Holy Spirit say, no, don't say nothing. Because you're making a fool of yourself. Because soon as somebody curse you out, you fighting. After you done told that person, humble yourself, turn off the cheek, girl. That's what I learned to do. Now they seeing you on WECT, Channel 6 News, Fox, and that's you. And the same person you told that, they say, is that Quan? Quan the flying all over the place. And I'm still saved. I'm picking on Quan. Quan don't do that. But that's what we do. And then they got you all. And then you're trying to explain yourself. It's best for us to hush. Ask the Lord, am I in a place to say this? Do I believe what I'm saying? And that's when you study to be quiet. Because you know you ain't got there yet. We're supposed to be well-rounded in every area. That's why you got to get in here, y'all. God is saying, get in my word. Let my word get in you. Live by the word of God. That's the only way you're going to make it. It's living by this word. Y'all, me and my husband have tried it. Going on 18 years with the people of God. And I can say this, and I'm not ashamed to say it. For all those years, it's been the same salary. Hmm. How in the world are we making it? How are we making it? How are we making it? Living, it is proven. And some of y'all mad because they don't give you nothing but a 10 cent increase. 
Or some of you mad because they don't give you nothing. How am I supposed to live off this? Well, me and my husband have been living off of it for 18 years. Did get one increase. And I turned it down. Gave it back to the church. Because I said, we're going to make sure God's house is taken care of. See, y'all didn't know that. So I'm letting you know it because members want to get in your business. I share some of my business. Oh, my God. And some of you still think I'm lying. Am I lying, Jennifer? Am I lying, darling? Uh-uh. You know why? Because my trust is in him. So what am I telling you? I'm not telling you something I don't live. We have to live by the word of God. Not what man say, but going by what God say. If God tell me increase, guess what? It's going to be increased. And I ain't waiting on no vote to do it. (laughs) I already got one. Jehovah Jireh. My provider who sees far beyond what I can see and what you can see. I trust his word, not man's word, but what God tell me to do. That's why I have to be in his face to hear what he's telling me to do at this time and at this moment. God, you said it, so be it. Amen on that. Got three witnesses, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So I'm telling you, in order for you to live by this word, you're going to have to be in this word and quit your whining and your complaining about what's going on in your life. Whining and complaining ain't going to change your situation. What changes your situation is the word. Once you state your case and that judge is up there on that stand, he tell you to shut up. Ain't that right? Didn't I tell you to hush? When I want you to say something else, I ask you. Y'all don't mess with that judge on TV. Mm. I wouldn't go on her show. Because she would let me know you need to be delivered again. Tell you the truth. So this is what I'm saying. Live by the word. And everything that you need, you get it according to what the word says. And you walk in it just like you have it because the word is true. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Healing is in this room. How do I know that healing is in this room? Because the word said he sent his word and he has healed us and delivered us from our destruction. So if he sent his word, that means he's already done it. And he sent a word today to let you know this is how we live according to the word. Whatever you got going on in your body, I'm going to ask the ones that got something going on in your body just to stand. Whatever it may be. Now, I want you today to receive what's already written. I'm only giving you what's already written. It's not my word. It's God's word. I'm just a messenger that's going to send you this word. The Bible says that by Jesus' stripes, that means by the stripes that Jesus took on his back, by Jesus' stripes, 
his stripes, you were already healed. Now catch this. You were already healed before you stood up. Because he made provision for your healing even before this day came. Even before your body started cutting the food, he had already made a way for you to be healed. So I'm speaking healing to your body. I'm not asking for something. I want you to catch it. I'm not asking for something that you already got. If you already got it, the only thing you got to do today is receive what you already have. If he say you already the heal, the only thing I'm going to do is command what belonged to us. So I command healing to come to your bodies from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I speak healing in Jesus name. I command pain in your body to go right now in the name of Jesus. I command swelling in your body to go in Jesus' name. I curse every growth in your body in the name of Jesus. I command it to wither up and die in Jesus' name. Now I speak right now in the name of Jesus that healing has come to your house. Just receive it. It's already yours. It's already yours. Why? Because God said it is yours. And what belongs to you belongs to you. I want y'all to imagine this. Somebody is, I want y'all to see this. Imagine what I'm saying. God is walking up to each individual in this place. And he's saying, you're healed. See him coming right where you sit, right where you stand. He said, take your healing. He said, take your healing. He said, it is yours. It belongs to you because my son paid the price for it. He said, take it right now in Jesus' name. Back problems healed in Jesus' name. Arthritis healed in Jesus' name. Uncurable diseases healed in Jesus' name. Cancer healed in Jesus' name. Heart problems healed in Jesus' name. Sinus infections healed in Jesus' name. Migraines healed in Jesus' name. Female problems healed in Jesus' name. All forms of mental illness healed in Jesus' name. Diabetes healed in Jesus' name. Pancreatitis healed in Jesus' name. Hips restored, knees restored in Jesus' name. And my Bible tells me, in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven, on the earth, and under the earth, bows at the name. Oh, it's already done. In Jesus' name. 
I'm going to say this again. My son, my daughters, pay attention to my word. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are what? Life unto all flesh. What is it? Is it health or life? Life unto what? You, you found it. God spoke it. So walk in your healing. Amen. Come on and give God glory. God is so good. So everything that you need, you just reach up and you grab it. There's a gentleman that was sitting back there behind Renee that used to be one of our tenants in our home, in our rental home. And God told him one Sunday to reach up. I don't know if anybody remembers. It said, reach up. God is throwing business your way. 